cue intro music. podcast this is a yet to be named podcast uh between myself daniel j pool and quentin pongrats yeah that's close i am quentin pongrats got it one try one take daniel that's what we call him that's right not daniel pool <laughs> one take daniel that's why this podcast is completely unedited pongrats pongrats so what do we do in this here unnamed podcast daniel in unnamed podcast project one we're gonna write stories to one another and then we're gonna read these stories out loud quinn what's your background with writing i have written some things i like to write i like superheroes i i guess i can give background like i started reading comics when i was a little kid my dad was really into collecting comics and there was actually, I remember as a kid, there were a bunch of uh, Ghostbuster comics oh. that helped me get into reading comics. I don't know if I actually read them or just like looked at the pictures and was like, oh, cool, Slimer. And they were like, kind of like centerfolds in the middle of these, oh. like a poster, like a two-page spread poster of Slimer or Ghostbusters or whatever. And I remember as a kid taking all of those out. And then years later, feeling really bad that I had taken things out of a comic. But I don't know. Why would you put that in there if it wasn't meant to be taken out? Well, I think they want you to buy two so that you can use the centerfold out of one and then have the other as your collector's item. I mean, he did have two copies of each of them, but I took the poster out of all of them. <laughs> okay, well, now the story's taking a different turn. It's like when you go to a bar and you see comic books used as the wallpaper. And I just always think, oh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I've become very different about collecting things as I've gotten older. But I used to, uh, as a kid, I would like read like any books, but also like I'd get like a manga from the bookstore and I'd be like, don't bend the spine. <laughs> I'd be reading these things down into the crevice so I wasn't bending the spine, which I now know is completely ridiculous. <laughs> See... I've grown differently about collecting things over time, but I also have gone to library school with the intention of learning how to collect things even better. Well, I mean, don't destroy things. Yeah. Do you want to get into it? Yeah. I got interested in comics because I am, uh, I guess, mildly dyslexic. I thought it was worse, but I've met people that have it way worse than I do. But I could not read at all when I was a kid. And so I started picking up comic books at like junk stores and like yard sales because mom would buy them for me because they were technically books. And she was like, oh, he's reading. And I was just looking at the pictures. But I got really into Green Lantern. And so I had like a good size collection of Green Lantern comics, just all different time periods. And I would just kind of make up stories to them as I looked through them. Then in high school, I started trying to write just little stories after like a creative writing class. But then in high school or college, I actually wrote a full novel and started writing like short stories to try to get published. And I had a good 
amount of short stories published online at like blog websites for fiction but i think those are all gone now i think they all got pulled from the internet so i don't know if there's any trace of me having any published work anymore but i still really enjoy writing and i need to do it more so i've been trying to write a thousand words a day and that hasn't necessarily always worked out but so this podcast was a good way to motivate myself to keep doing that every week yeah yeah well i believe you've got the first story so oh yeah so we'll start right up bison and wisp issue one rooftops don't tell me you're gonna hurl rookie said a thunderous voice a meaty palm slapped the sweaty shoulder of a young teen girl holding her knees the force of the slap put her on the ground puke hung in her throat before getting swallowed back there you go you get used to the catapult well at least you learn not to eat before riding it. A seven-foot woman wearing a full head mask laughed in the setting sun. She threw her short cape over her shoulder and tightened the laces on her arm guards. She wore a dark blue singlet with strands of orange. Two horns curled out of the sides of her mask. Eyes were bright, cheerful, and full of energy. The teen girl cleared her throat and stood. Thanks. I swear it's just nerves. She wore a standard-issue school coverall with a classic half-domino. The fabric was heavy, coarse, and bulletproof, but clung to her like a thick wetsuit. She pulled at the neon green material on her legs to undo a wedgie. When do I get my suit made? I hate these things. The large woman laughed again. She said, You have to earn a tailor, unless you sew one yourself. You're stuck with these young offender onesies till you make the front page. This isn't school. You're in C-class now. It's not about grades anymore. It's all about popularity. I never see you in the papers, retorted the girl. Yeah, and I wear a leotard I bought online, she said. A crackle in their ears made both girls stop talking. A small voice piped into their earpieces. This is Central Citadel. The unidentified creature is approaching Gate 9. Response team needed. The tall woman touched her ear and said, This is Bison and Wisp. We'll respond. No, Bison. No go. Repeat. Stand down, said the voice. Threat is now a B-class. No rookies on this one. Help get citizens to shelters. Bison gave Wisp an annoyed look, and they both grinned. Sorry, what's that? Repeat, Citadel. Repeat that last part. You're breaking up. Bison, stand down. Stand our ground? Roger that. Wisp rolled her eyes. I can stay here if you want me to work with the citizens. Bison put a heavy hand on her shoulder. Girl, half of being in a cape is saving people. The other half is willful disobedience. Wisp smirked. I thought it was all about toothpaste ads and breakfast cereal. Bison started to say something when a car crashed into the ledge they were standing on. Loose bricks separated from the building, causing a section of the roof to collapse. Wisps summoned a ray of silvery light from her hands and lifted from the rooftop. Bison somersaulted backwards. From a cloud of ash and smoke, a monster 20 stories tall lumbered toward. A single eye rolled from side to side lazily. A massive horn grew from its snout and head. Armored plates of gray hide ran from its head to its clawed feet. The girl landed next to the woman, melting the asphalt and asked, What should I do? The wrestler removed the car from the building, the roof crumbling from her relief. Without taking her eyes off the monster, she replied, Fight. She threw the car with enough force to throw herself into the apartment below. The car struck the cyclops right across its brow. A deafening shriek bellowed from the creature. It fell to its front paws and took off at a run. Streets... Signs, stoplights, and hot dog trucks bounced off its scales. Wisp took a running leap and landed on the building across the street. 
Taking off at a run, she leapt from rooftop to rooftop, barreling toward the creature. Monster sirens rang in the fading afternoon light. Street lights flickered off as the creature's raking claws cut through the tarmac. The silver fire of the girl's powers lit up the city like a flash of a camera. The creature tried to look at her and was blinded by her radiance. Taking all her willpower, she focused her flame into a beam and threw it into the creature. A column of pale sunlight streamed into the monster's chest and neck, scorching a path through its hide. Smoke and the smell of burning flesh filled the streets. The monster stumbled backwards as a blur of blue and orange crashed into his skull. Bison raised her fist over her head and brought them down on its head with a crack. She brought her hands down on the armored hide like cracks of lightning, her body moving faster than bullets, harder than a train, and with the force of legends. Green blood splattered from the cracks in the creature's hide as it lit out a roar. Taking a clawed hand, it grabbed the hero and slammed her into the street. The road caved from the pressure into the subway below. Sparks and broken gas lines met to bloom into a pillar of fire. The creature threw the limp body of bison to the hole it left behind. Raising a foot to crush her, Wisp cried out, No. Leaping from the rooftop, she ignited jets of white hot air, landing next to the warrior woman. She raised her palms toward the creature. Waves of energy poured out of her body, making a wall of light. The creature hissed as its foot pressed against the shield. Pushing on the plasma with its weight, the creature pushed till the ground cracked beneath the girl. As her shield began to fall, she gritted her teeth. Blood ran from Basin's nose, eyes, and ears. She raised an open hand to the girl. Wisp took it. As her light faded, a fist raised. A shockwave swept out from the crater. Cars rolled back, windows broke. The monster lost its foot and rolled back from the hero. Bison smiled at Wisp and said, Sorry, girl. I think I took a hit to the head. The girl choked for a minute, but asked, Is it over? A heavy roar of rage bellowed from the creature. Bison rolled her eyes. You jinxed us. How can we fight that? Maybe we should fall back past the gate. The woman removed her tattered cape, throwing it into the air. She flexed, rolled her neck, and popped her fingers. Fall back, she asked. I haven't even transformed yet. With a growl, Bison's body began to shudder and shake. Her fingers quaked and grew. Her arms became swollen. Her legs bubbled with muscles. Her singlet tightened and stretched. Under her mask, she grinned. Her teeth widened, flattened and separated. Thick brown hair grew from her head and back. A short whip-like tail swatted the air. The monster flipped to its feet and tore off at a run. Bison planted her hooves and braced for the wave of power. It crashed over her like a wave against a rock. The beast came to a dead stop as the woman heaved its neck onto her shoulders and chokeslammed it to the pavement. It weaved in pain while kicking its legs in the air. Bison took a few steps back from the beast, ran, and executed a pile driver through its soft underbelly. The concussive blast toppled a nearby bakery and sent overhead clouds scattering in a circle from the city. Wisp flew three blocks backwards, catching herself with a jet of fire. She landed and took several deep breaths. She waited for Bison to emerge. Then, a small figure framed by the setting sun arose from the body. She was covered in globs of green monster guts. Wisp flew at her with the force of a fighter jet, her tail of flame melting the streets in her wake. At the last minute, she cut her powers and slammed into her friend, knocking them both off balance. I thought you were dead, Wisp said, through sobbing laughs. 
It'll take a lot more than that to put me down, Bison said, wiping her eyes. As the two embraced, cleaned off monster goo, and stood, there was a small voice ringing in their ears. Gate 9. Come in, Gate 9. I know damn well your earpieces are working. Answer me, damn it. Whoa, calm down, Radar. The monster's down, Wisp said with a wink. Bison gave her a confused look back. Negative. Clear the area. That is a pupa. Clear the area. The threat is still active. As the voice said this, the monster's body shook. The earth quivered and rattled. Then, like seeing double, the creature's body was translucent, yet filled with something beneath the surface. A seam ripped open across its back as the creature pushed its way out of its old skin. Two sets of heavy bladed wings outstretched from its husk. Pulling itself free, the gray armored beast was now longer, sharper. A pair of facial horns still extended from its massive head. The single wide eye was now energetic and angry. It looked to the sky, and with great effort lifted off the ground. Each flap from its iridescent wings sent the pair of heroes reeling backwards. Dusk clouds rose high into the darkening sky. The beast turned its eye on the pair of heroes laying against a nearby building. They held to the stonework to keep from blowing away. Its horn glowed with a yellow light. The air sizzled and hissed as a mist of plasma rose from the creature. I'm so sorry, said Bison, over the wind. The trail of energy reached a zenith, and a blur of white flashed across the night sky. Illuminated by moonlight, it peered over the beast's head before disappearing. A split second later, it reappeared on the other side before disappearing again. The yellow light faded till it went black, the creature's single angry eye lifeless and dead. Its body fell back to the ground. Two thousand tons of dead monster crashed into the streets like a sack of wet concrete. The pavement rippled and lifted up. The streets and buildings shook as the wave passed through the city. The heroes stood in awe, their silence broken by the sound of two boots landing next to them. Beside them was a woman in her early forties. She was small-framed, no rippling muscles, a single white and orange jumpsuit, and smile. She reached out a gloved hand to Wisp. So you're the new girl. The teen nodded. Good to meet you. I'm Amy. I don't do a lot of introductions, but I like to say hi to anyone from my alma mater. That makes the cut. Wisp took her hand, but gulped at air. Amy nodded. A sonic boom broke their quiet. Then a whistle, then a crash as an armored figure slammed into the street nearby. The figure was five feet tall, covered in steel plates, and had two horns protruding from their helm. They drew what looked like a handle. Lights flashed, condensing into a glowing sword from the end. In a deep, rich voice, they said, You're out of your jurisdiction, Amy. They pointed the blade at the woman. Sorry, Minnie. I was just passing through. Thought I'd help these two out. It's Minotaur. Damn you. And I don't care. We can handle ourselves. Obviously not. Listen, it was no trouble. Amy was cut off as the blade sped at her with a blinding force. It stopped inches from her face. The red of the blade lit the street, darkening everything but the island of sidewalk where they stood. Minotaur hissed as they tried to force the blade further. Amy held it with a single open hand. She looked annoyed. Closing her hand into a fist, her fingers tore into the blade like it was made of soft dough. She leaned in toward the steel-covered warrior. With her other hand, she broke off the face mask of her attacker and threw it away. In the soft red light, hate-filled eyes met Amy's. A small young face with gritted teeth stared her down. I don't have a jurisdiction. Not like you. So how about you whimper back to your tower? Tell on me.
I don't care. I just saved you a little trouble. Don't make me regret that. The blade dissolved into the air. Amy shook her head. See you around, Wisp. Good night, Bison. With that, she flew into the night. There was a long silence. A single cricket began to chirp. Minotaur's face mask reformed across her face. A stony, serious expression carved in steel to match its owner. They said, What are you two looking at? Start checking the block for survivors. They walked away a couple of paces before leaping away to the rooftops. The end. For now. So yeah, my story had a wear bison, and I still don't know how to feel about that. I'm glad your story has puke in it, because that <laughs> figures quite a bit into mine, too. <laughs> well, should our prompt have been puke? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yours was very small and just in the first paragraph, but <laughs> I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your wear bison. Right. And her name's Night Bison. I think her name was supposed to just be Bison. And oh, then she says okay. Night Bison. But I did uh, not add that in. But I kind of like how nice bi- Night Bison sounds. And then Wisp was kind of a... What are their powers more? So she has like... It's like flame powers. But it's like very concentrated. Oh, cool. I was almost thinking like if Cyclops could shoot his beams but out of like his hands and feet. Oh, okay. And I want to say that I really like how Bison and Wisp sound and look together as far as words yeah. but i kind of broke into a sweat every time i saw her name coming up i'm gonna trip over that <laughs> wisp. wisp wisp do you know more about this what is this organization citadel gates and all that towers yeah i was trying to just put stuff out there skirt around that so i could have to work back to it okay but i've got yeah. some ideas i think i think there are only nine gates to this one city and I think monsters are a regular problem. Something to explore. Yeah. Like why that happens. And obviously it's been happening long enough for them to have like protocols. And right. Like a dispatch and gates. Yeah. <laughs> and a whole training thing for all the different heroes. So Minotaur is obviously like above them. Yeah. I think she's going to be um, their like middle manager, the A-class hero for the city. And then they'll be like... A couple of B, and then mostly everyone else is C. That sounds cool. Any more stuff you wanted to add in that wasn't in the story, but is tangential? There's a funny story about Bison. Is Bison was a character I made up based on a guy that goes to basketball games for the Thunder. And I had this cool idea <laughs> for a story about him. And then I started writing it, and I was like, I don't know if that's copywritten. Could I get in trouble with the basketball team? Or could I get in trouble with my friend? oh, I'll just make it different. I'll just keep (laughs) some of their powers and make them very different. I think you should rename this character Oklahoma City Thunder Bison. (laughs) I want to have a whole team of Airbuds go up against the Monstars. I actually think that should be one of our superhero things, is a team full of super dogs. Oh, that could be good. Because Krypton, I mean, he's a a super dog, but he always I think they had an animated one where it was like 
Crypto and his super friends. There was like a fat dog and a wonder dog. Yeah. Okay. I did actually see like commercials for that. East the Bat Hound. Streaky the Super Cat. Oh, no. Who is that? Don't. I wouldn't name a cat Streaky. Oh, no. Is he just walking around on carpets? Just dragging his butt? No, he was invented in 1960 by the Superman creator. Oh. That was uh, straight out of the brain of Superman. No, Streaky the Super Cat. (laughs) They can't all be winners, I guess. That's... Oh no, Super Horse? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Super Horse, you broke your leg. We're going to put you down. I'm a Super Horse. Can't you just let me fly around? I don't use my legs. That's an idea for later, is teams of Super Pets. I'm going to do a Superheroes Hamtaro crossover. I guess I should get to my story, huh? My story is called Hyperion Seats. If you go to the Lucky Car Wash on 4th Street and order the deluxe package, they'll give you two coins. On one side is a four-leaf clover with their name. The other side merely reads, no cash value. Which is ridiculous, because you just paid $100 for two coins. Of course it's got cash value. The two coins would be identical if not for the hole punched into one of them. This ensures that the auto wash machine outside won't take the coin. Someone actually wanting a car wash would have to go back inside and exchange the desecrated coin for a new one but I'm pretty sure someone actually wanting a car wash won't pay $100 for two deluxe washes, even if the deluxe does give you a whole second wash and rinse cycle. Now if you take the warped coin of no cash value to a rooftop three blocks away and trade it to a guy named Vince, or sometimes it's Jimmy, whoever you give it to will give you a baggie with five small pills, little brown spheres waiting to be popped. Hyperion seeds, they call them. Well, not Vince or Jimmy. They don't call them anything. They provide you with some goods in exchange for exactly no cash value, and then they want you to go away. Now, why am I telling you any of this? Well, 17 weeks ago, my ex, Jen, messaged me. We hadn't spoken in about a year, and the breakup had been pretty bad. Throwing things out the window bad. There's this new thing, dot dot dot. I ignored it. Whatever she had was the past. I was done with that stuff. My life was good, and I didn't want to screw it up. Ignoring her was the easy thing to do. Sixteen weeks ago, I failed the test in my anatomy class and overdrew my bank account, so I did the easy thing. I sent her back a single character. Question mark. Remember when we talked about changing the world? Question mark. Well, now we can. Question mark. Can you reply with words? Question mark. Fine. None for your. I might have lost my chance if her typo hadn't broken the tension. It's hard to stay mad when you go to slam a door and miss getting a handle on the handle. I did remember. I remembered those late nights on the roof of her building staring up into the stars and being mad when they got eclipsed by those that flew in front of them. Not mad because they ruined the view. The view was crap because we lived in the city and the light pollution only lets a handful of stars in at a time if you're lucky. No, I got mad because they were doing what I couldn't. They were super and I was jealous. They weren't using their powers right. You've heard the stories too, the scandals, the infighting. Even the ones not marred by their human flaws had things they couldn't catch, times where they couldn't be there. I knew I could have done better given the chance. So 15 weeks ago on her rooftop with the sun down, she kisses me. She slipped me some tongue and something extra. I took it and swallowed, assuming it would lead to some trip. And this is what I had signed up for, wasn't it? She stared into my eyes and nothing happened for a minute. Then I felt it. 
When you have a hot chocolate on a cold night, the sips travel down your throat and small amounts of warmth radiate from your stomach until eventually your body is filled with that warm happiness. This did the reverse. Cold started in my fingertips and traveled up my arms and inwards until my stomach was the only warm part of my body. Jen must have seen the effect in my face because she smiled and broke away from me. She ran for the edge of the rooftop and leapt. Fourteen weeks ago, we were jumping from rooftop to rooftop. The sky wasn't just their world anymore, it was our world too. They had to share it now, at least for an hour at a time. After that, the emetic core of the seed kicks in and makes you throw it up. Thirteen weeks ago, she introduced me to the lucky car wash. Twelve, maybe eleven weeks ago, I told her we needed costumes. Costumes? Yeah, so no one can know our secret identities. I think the fact that we're blurs in the dark night sky is cover enough. It won't be when we start fighting crime. She rolled away from me. Listen. No. Remember when we talked about changing the world? Ten weeks ago, I did my first vigilante. Nine weeks ago, I sat recovering in the hospital. She sat beside me, her face an equal blend of sympathy, and I told you so. Turns out the super healing you get from seeds is not all-encompassing, like that of the now infamous immortal Reggie. Getting shot didn't hurt when it happened. It didn't even hurt when I returned to her rooftop. It looked like I had mostly healed. My side didn't look great, but I wasn't bleeding, and the wound had scabbed over well enough. Once I threw up, I realized that the bullet was still inside me. That hurt more than I imagined that the initial shooting would have hurt. Glad I didn't feel that part. Glad that she came to check on me. Glad I didn't die up there in a pool of my own power vomit. Eight weeks ago, I swore to myself that I wouldn't do it again. Seven weeks ago, I swore to her that I wouldn't do it again. Six weeks ago, she let me take some just to heal up the rest of my injuries. I was recovering at a normal enough pace, but we were bored of me being cooped up. She took some too. Solidarity or something. Five weeks ago, we took some more because it just felt so good to feel so powerful. Four weeks ago, we went jumping again. I swore I wouldn't do the crime-fighting bit, but the jumping would be fine. With self-control, this was no different from going to the movies or paragliding. Three weeks ago, we broke up. It wasn't throwing things out the window bad. It wasn't even slamming door bad. She found out I went to fight crime again. No fight. She just walked out and asked if I could be gone when she came back. Two weeks ago, I made a costume and fought a supervillain. I tried to think of a theme to design the costume around, but I'm not the most creative person. I thought about picking a Greek mythological name to pay homage to the seeds that gave me my power, but I was pretty sure there was already a group with that theme, so I just went for a simple outfit. A blue suit with a blue tie. Blue painted boots. I couldn't find blue boots in the wild, so I just spray painted some work boots I had lying around. Then, to complete the ensemble, a blue ski mask. All blue. I figured if I was seen by someone and they named me, it would be the blue something or other. And I thought that was fine. The supervillain I fought had his stuff figured out though. He committed to a lumberjack aesthetic. Wore flannel, had a big beard, and was hacking his way into the side of a bank with his trusty axe. He had breached the wall of the bank when I found him in that alley. So I jumped onto him and we both crashed into the vault. The alarms started blaring their high pitch ringing while we slugged it out. He had the advantage. Strength and speed wise, we seemed about the same. He had an axe, though. A super-strength axe is nothing to laugh at. I'll remind you that he was cutting through concrete and steel walls with ease before I interrupted him. I thought I was going to lose, but he cut above my head and stuck his axe into the door. I took that moment to put my shoulder into his abdomen and separate him from his axe. I also separated him from his lunch. The force of my attack forced vomit onto my head. With that, he went limp. I left him there for the approaching sirens and went back to my rooftop before the Hyperion seed wore off. 
Later, when I cleaned off the vomit, I saw that familiar sphere and realized we both got our power from the same source. One week ago, news broke about a supervillain duo that tried to break into a bank. They named the duo Paul Bunyan and his Blue Ox. The ox got away, but was caught on tape fleeing the scene. I guess they didn't have any tape of me fighting Paul Bunyan to show that we weren't a duo, though. This week, I'm wearing red. I think it suits me better anyway. Some days I regret learning about these Hyperion seats, but not enough to stop. All the cracked ribs, the mistaken crimes, all the breakups and throw-ups. If I can change the world like I've always wanted, it'll all be worth it. Besides, if these seeds exist and some are going to be used for evil, there has to be someone there to balance out the scales. The end. For now... pretty cool i really like the seeds idea that's really fancy yeah it seems like a fun way to get like anyone can be a superhero or villain right for for a limited amount of time and that'd be a really fun party prank just give a bunch of like drunk frat kids oh man but yeah i don't know if this is a guy that'll be around Hmm. or if it's just a window to see this new story element in the universe i think that opens up a lot of like fun story ideas Someone can be finding out what the origin of these seeds and who's distributing them. And I did introduce uh, the immortal Reggie. Yeah. So he's there to play with. Yeah. Do you want to try like a world building powwow? Sure. Do you think in a superhero world they would have to like have special building codes for like the rooftops? Keep them from just constantly caving in from people jumping over them? Yes. Next question. Okay, good. We got that one. That one's in the book. Like, obviously, there's the the Citadel place you mentioned. Like, Yeah. It's probably built from the ground up to survive these monster attacks. So, And the, the way I'm thinking about the city that particularly has monster problems, I was thinking, like, maybe stuff with inside the gate like they've built those parts boy better and so stuff outside the like the wall is just kind of like cheaper and poorer inside the gate would be like metropolis from the is it bruce tim his superman but like all this like all the um buildings just look like super strong and then like outside that wall is more like the batman cartoon version where right it's like grimier and oh yeah like, certain areas are newer since monsters keep blowing them up, but... You'd think that, like, people would stop living there, but I guess we have areas like that in the actual world. Yeah. People still live on beaches, even though floods happen. People still live in Oklahoma, even though tornadoes have made it really clear that they don't like houses in Oklahoma. Actually, my house is built on a lazy season, and then when the tornadoes start, <laughs> just... we just, like push along the ground so that we trick the tornado like oh i already been there <laughs> do you think uh do people get addicted to hyperion seeds or um, just the way they feel on them they definitely get addicted to like the feeling right i think that's kind of shown in the story bit it's like i'm not gonna do that again okay i'll do it again <laughs> but i don't know what do you think would be cooler story-wise 
it seems like it'd be interesting if people were hooked on it. Like, um, they have to get their fix of being super. But I also liked, I thought Bane in Superman, like, had a problem where, like, like using Venom, like, really wore down his body. Yeah. That was something I was going to mention. I also was like, I'm just going to make Bison a Bane character as far as, like, their power set. And then I realized I'd already made them a Mexican wrestler, too. So I was like, nope, <laughs> got to change that for sure now. Yeah, I don't know. On the seeds, I think there's like some, there's something inside of the seed that makes you throw it up. Okay. But I'm wondering if there's like, if you don't throw it up, what happens? Like, I don't know. Does it like bond to you and you're like always super, but there's like some terrible, terrible downside, which is why you should like answer some bigger question or something. Yeah. Are we on Earth? A version of Earth, I would assume. Yeah, that's what I was playing with. I want to have to make up a whole alien thing. <laughs> we forgot to mention everyone was aliens. I hope that came across. And the culture is like way different. Yeah. <laughs> magic, I assume, is in this world? Or is it like technology that just seems like magic? I think there's definitely magic. Okay. There's probably also technology that seems like magic. I think we went over some good questions, though. Yeah. We could write up some prompts for next time. Speaking of prompts. Yeah. What's our prompt for next week, Daniel? Issue two's prompts is robots. Robots? Yeah. So get your best roboting out. Daniel, where can people find you online at? They can find me at Guar. That's at G-Y-W-A-I-R on Twitter. Or calculatingnormals.wordpress.com. And I'm sure by the time this episode is up, we'll have a Twitter for that and an email address, which I will edit in now. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Definitely did it. And join us for our next episode where we'll be more polished. I mean, this one will be polished. We fix it all in post. Yeah. In our one take. The end. For now. Hey, thanks for listening. It's me, Future Quinn. I have to record this because we can't really credit the songs until I edit them in and know what songs I'm using. Also, when we first recorded this, we did not have a name for the podcast and therefore no website or Twitter presence, though I don't think we really have one yet now, but we have space for it. So let me hit you up with the songs we used in order of appearance, or well, in the order that they were heard in however you say that here are the songs free harmonics by the free harmonic orchestra little lily swing by tritachion epic song by boxcat games caught in the crossfire by daniel birch and night owl by broke for free all songs were edited down as needed for the podcast and used under their creative commons licenses for the full songs you can find links to those and other works by those artists by following the links in the show notes or rewinding it back and hastily googling the songs as i read them off and the art for the podcast was done by the lovely miss lisa prather you can find her at lisapratherart.com and on instagram by the same name lisa prather art you can find us at double issue show on twitter or double issue dot show for our website and you can email us at double issue show at gmail.com
Well, thank you for listening, and share if you enjoyed. Give us a good rating on iTunes or wherever else you can rate podcasts. And I think that's all. So, Daniel, hit us up with that sign-off that you have, and we'll always be the same. Did you ever watch McGee and Me?